this week, right here, right now, December 10th through December 16th of 2023, is the most important week of Nebraska football since the week that the Cornhuskers hired Matt Rule. Maybe that's controversial, but I don't think it is. Because Nebraska in 2023 was plagued by injuries at wide receiver and by some of the most porous quarterback play that I have ever seen with my two eyes. And what do we have on our hands this week for the Cornhuskers? We have an Ohio State wide receiver who is a five-star recruit out of high school in Julian Fleming visiting. We have a five-star quarterback from Ohio State, five-star out of high school, visiting in Kyle McCord. And Dylan Riola who's currently committed to Georgia, but is crystal balled to Nebraska by Steve Wiltfong, is visiting on Friday, December 15th for the Cornhuskers. And he is a five-star in high school right now. And he has familiar ties to the University of Nebraska. This is a huge week for Matt Rule and the staff, primarily on offense with Marcus Satterfield, to fill in some big holes with big shoes on offense. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's College Football with Sam, and I have been sick and miserable for the past week. But I'm feeling a little better. I'm not back to 100%. I hope you don't hear me cough in this episode, but if I do, my apologies. I'm still working through some drainage. But please subscribe and like this video and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I post more Nebraska football, college football, and Big Ten football content. Nebraska's season has ended. They're already on to 2024. Most Big Ten schools are going bowling. One in Michigan, the Big Ten champion, is out for a college football playoff victory in the Rose Bowl, potentially a victory in the national championship if they can beat Alabama, and Ohio State and Penn State are competing for New Year's Six Bowls. But for Nebraska, they're already on to 2024. And in 2023, in sum, this is simplified, but it covers the main, the main parts, the main issues. Nebraska's defense was great. It was not an elite defense, but First year with a new system, a new scheme, and a lot of Eric Chenander's players, the defense was a success. And Tony White was retained, he was given a nice bump in his salary, and that's something that you have to be grateful for, that Tony White didn't accept a head coaching job elsewhere, or didn't accept a higher position defensive coordinator job, like one at USC or one at a different school. Maybe Texas A&M, for example. They probably would have been able to pay him more money and outbid Nebraska. Maybe. I think that Nebraska has much deeper pockets than several other universities. Several other universities that right now are winning at a higher level. But it is what it is. The defense was good. The offense was disgusting, to be frank. Nebraska was one of the best Big Ten rushing attacks. But it had no passing attack. And the rushing attack was only great statistically because that's all they did. And the rushing attack, when you really peered into it, while good, well, maybe great, was it was not elite. It was not near elite. And there need to be improvements on the offensive line. And the running back room was dinged up. And Emmett Johnson, good player, 
great player, obviously as a freshman, though. Needs some growth, but I think he has the potential easily to be an elite running back with growth. The biggest issues were at quarterback and wide receiver. At wide receiver, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda was injured early. Marcus Washington was really a non-factor for much of the season, and you had to resort to walk-ons like Alex Bullock to start. Billy Kemp was good, but that was it. Thomas Fedoni at tight end was second in receiving yards on the team with only 260. Nebraska only had 10 receiving touchdowns, and and the Cornhuskers had 16 interceptions thrown. And they barely had above a 100 passer rating. It was abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Nebraska's best quarterback, Chubba Purdy, who started against Wisconsin and Iowa, threw more interceptions than touchdowns still. It's evident that there's a turnover problem in the quarterback room. And with the amount of drops Nebraska suffered from when there were accurate passes, it's evident that there needs to be more depth at wide receiver. And with Kyle McCord visiting, with Dylan Riola visiting, two quarterbacks, and Julian Fleming visiting along with Kyle McCord, wide receiver, Nebraska can fill in the wide receiver and quarterback position with raw, five-star caliber blue-chip talent. Fleming and McCord are rated as middle to lower level four stars right now when you adjust their rankings to transfer rankings. McCord's given a 91 overall, Fleming a 92 overall. Dylan Riola right now, fresh out of high school, is given a 98 overall rating. But again, we don't know for certain whether he's going to commit to Nebraska or not. It's likely. Imagine having him and Kyle McCord in the same quarterback room. McCord with only one year left because he hasn't been redshirted, and he came and played college football starting in 2021, so he doesn't have a COVID year. One more year of eligibility, you get Riola behind him, and then he starts in 2025, just because starting Riola as a true freshman on a team that's still rebuilding, I don't know if that's the smartest decision in the world, but heck, I'm not a coach and I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to make those decisions. I'm speculating here. It's fun to dream. And if Nebraska nails these visits, if they nail these three players, and they're going to target more players in the portal, their high school class, I can assume, is mostly complete. They have 25 hard commits. They have the 22nd best-ranked high school class. Top commit is Carter Nelson, from Nebraska, tight end, 96 overall, Grant Briggs, offensive tackle, is their second best commit, 91 overall, from Iowa, so best prospect in Nebraska and the best prospect in Iowa are both committing to Nebraska, that's phenomenal, and then there are a few players from Texas, Hawaii, Florida, more players from Nebraska, the top five players, and perhaps it spreads even further than that in the state of Nebraska, are committed to the Cornhuskers. So Rule's doing a good job of keeping all the in-state prospects that can contribute to the program and also going elsewhere to find good talent. And that's admirable. 
he's doing a good job recruiting, and that also shows in the fact that him and his staff have McCord's attention, they have Fleming's attention, and they have Raiola's attention, obviously. You're a blue blood. You. And by you, I mean Nebraska football, the program, the athletic department, the players and the coaches, but also you, the Nebraska fan. You participate, whether by watching or going to the stadium and watching the games in person and yelling until you're coughing like me and and have a sore throat and you have to rest for a day or longer. I wish it only took me a day to get over the crap that I had to go through over the past week. I hope that none of you are getting sick, by the way. You're a blue blood. And I think that a sign of Nebraska acting like their blue blood tradition and status should indicate that they would act or how they should act is nailing these commitments. Riola's commitment would show that the Husker brand still has massive influence because he has family ties, and family ties matter, but they only matter so much. If he's committing to Nebraska, I think it's because he sees something there. He sees that maybe he, he can help bring Nebraska back. Or not maybe, but he'd be pretty confident that he can bring Nebraska back. He was entertaining Nebraska when Scott Frost was their head coach, and when Nebraska lost to Northwestern and lost to Georgia Southern. He was entertaining that Nebraska. That's how you know that you know he cares about the family ties, the fact that his uncle's the offensive line coach in Donovan Riola, and his father was an absolute stud at Nebraska as an offensive lineman. But you don't only go to a school purely for familial ties. You go there if you think that they can develop you as a player and you can succeed, at least to some degree. There are those who go to the school only for tradition's sake, or mostly for tradition's sake, but you got to get something out of it too for yourself. If he goes to Nebraska, if he commits, and signs are indicating that he will because Steve Wiltfong is a lead expert, he's a he is the definition of an expert, and he's great at giving recruiting predictions because he's an amazing insider. His predictions basically are 100% accurate, or 99.9%, since no one's perfect. His likely commitment will give the program a jolt of momentum. There will be a lot of hype surrounding Nebraska, since he will be on campus enrolled and participating in the football program as soon as possible. And I imagine knowing him, he'd probably be an early enrollee, and you'd be seeing him in the spring game, I'd imagine. McCord and Fleming are also five stars out of high school, and they are good players. Now, Fleming and McCord are not elite players. That's why they're transferring out of Ohio State, because they would have to compete for starting spots next season. But Julian Fleming had 270 receiving yards this season. Kyle McCorded 3,170 passing yards this season. In their careers, Fleming has had seven receiving touchdowns and 963 receiving yards. McCord, in his career, has had 3,776 passing yards and 27 passing touchdowns. Great players. 
There's a reason why Kyle McCord started for Ohio State, and when Fleming is healthy, he's on the field, and he makes an impact. These are players, especially Riola, but McCord and Fleming looking at their high school profile, but also even how they played in Ohio State when they play well, these are players that Nebraska just has not seen or had on the offensive side of the ball. Or when they did, a.k.a. Wandale Robinson, or part of me would argue Adrian Martinez too, they were used and abused to the point where they couldn't do anything. They were ruined. The staff broke them. This staff is different. This is not Scott Frost trying to learn on the job of how to how to build a Power 5 program. This isn't someone, again, pointing to Scott Frost, who I think is a little pompous, not trying to be disrespectful, and I don't think I am just assessing what people said. This is Matt Rule, a proven builder, someone who has his players back, who can motivate them, and someone who showed a program with more fight and toughness and physicality than anything I saw out of a Scott Frost team outside of maybe 2021. And that team couldn't close a game to save their life against anyone competent. Meanwhile, Nebraska this season at least beat Illinois on the road. And they lost a plethora of close games too, but they went 5-7 and seven with less talent, still played a tough schedule, and at least they found ways at times to pull away in close games or to or to just hold on, or even against Illinois, they won by double digits after Illinois marched down the field and nearly scored. I mean, this team was able to bend but not break, to face adversity, to, to take an arrow to the chainmail and still charge forward with the sword and shield. Skill position play neutered Nebraska. It was one of the biggest reasons why they didn't go bowling is the offense was just that bad, especially in the passing game. And, and the run game was good, but injuries, an offensive line that was never going to build itself into being great in one year, all these things held the team back. Now, think about it. Close your eyes and envision. 2024, Kyle McCord or Dylan Riola is your starting quarterback. The offensive line is better. The tight end room is better. Julian Fleming is your wide receiver one, and you probably brought in another wide receiver, or maybe you didn't, but there are other transfers. The running back room is healthy with Emmett Johnson, Ramir Johnson, Gabe Irvin. Maybe one of them transfers out, but again, we'll see. This is a lot of speculation here, but keep on closing your eyes and imagining. Kyle McCord is your quarterback. Kyle McCord was top 10 in QBR. Heinrich Harburg, Jeff Sims, who transferred out, I believe, today. Good luck to him wherever he goes. And Chubba Purdy were not even top 50 in quarterback efficiency. In fact, Purdy might have been even lower than that in quarterback efficiency. I was just being very generous with that placement. He had a 75.1 QBR, so actually that would be higher than top 50, but he didn't have enough of a sample size because he only started two games for him to get ranked. But it is what it is. 
that's a big upgrade. Getting Kyle McCord and Dylan Riola, your quarterback room, I would say, is immediately one of the deepest in the Big Ten. Might be one of the deeper quarterback rooms nationally, especially with how good Purdy has looked at times, combining that with McCord's talent, Riola's talent, and improved offensive line. Fleming, when he's healthy, when he's on his game, easily would be the best wide receiver for Nebraska, given whatever they have right now, plus Fleming. And those three transfers coming in, those are game changers, and those are just three transfers. Matt Rule, I'd assume, is going to be bringing in more than 10 transfers and not just using the transfer portal selectively or conservatively. Nebraska brought in a hefty amount of transfers last season, and they brought even more the year prior. Rule needs other players, but these three are important, and these three are going to be sought after by other schools. Penn State? Penn State could use Julian Fleming. Pittsburgh? Oklahoma State? I know Minnesota got their quarterback in the portal, but Wisconsin? Wisconsin, though those schools that I named, could use a Kyle McCord. There will be Power 5 competition, potentially from other programs who are at Nebraska's level or higher, whether that's on-the-field performance, tradition, or monetary resources that will be competing for Fleming, for McCord, and obviously for Riola. That's why he's committed to Georgia. I mean, Georgia right now, they're playing at some of the highest level levels in the country. They're a great program historically, not quite a blue blood, but close, and I could be wrong on the quite not a blue blood statement. And they have monetary resources, and they send people to the draft. A lot of players. They set the record for the most amount of players taken in a single draft. I think it was in the 2022 NFL draft. So putting NIL money toward these players, absolutely critical. Lastly, Tony White was retained, and combining that with a 2024 schedule that is full of opportunity, depending on how this week goes, again, this could be the most important week of Nebraska football, or I think it is the most important week of Nebraska football since the week that Matt Rule was hired, This could be the most important week of Nebraska football in the Matt Rule era, depending on how it goes. If all three of these players end up committing to Nebraska at some point because of the visits that they had here and what was offered to them in terms of the staff on the field, in playing time, in development, in monetary compensation, etc. This is critical. This is very critical, and Tony White is an elite defensive coordinator. I think he's top 10. The 2024 schedule features UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa out of conference, all home games, all teams that Nebraska will be in theory better than by talent on the field and by depth and by resources and also home field advantage. And then the conference schedule is Illinois at Purdue, Rutgers, by at Indiana, at Ohio State, UCLA, by at USC, Wisconsin, at Iowa. Nebraska easily could be 7-0 entering that Ohio State game. 
you know, they could also be four and three or disastrously three and four. But they could also be seven and oh, realistically, heading into that Ohio State game. Their toughest game in that slate, I'd say, would probably be at Purdue and hosting Rutgers, maybe hosting Colorado, depending on what they get in the portal. They've been targeting offensive linemen, and I like that, but I'll have to see. The schedule's favorable for Nebraska to get some early momentum, and with with key players with big improvements at key positions like wide receiver, quarterback, and then constant improvement and in the trenches and defensively, which I expect because Tony White was retained. I expect most of the defensive staff will stay. And this was a strong defense given with given all the Eric Chenander recruits. I can only imagine what happens when White begins to get his guys into the system and his system continues to be implemented for a second year I can only imagine how Nebraska's defense will look how much it will improve with double the conditioning double the education and double the practice around his scheme so there's optimism for Nebraska and there could be exploding optimism and outer worldly hype depending on the results of this week which might take might take time to bear the full results and the full picture of this week, but I think it's important. The Cornhuskers are a blue blood program. I don't care that they haven't been to a bowl in seven seasons. They've won several titles. They were relevant a decade ago. They were in recruiting, in the fact that they were a top 25 team every year, in the fact that at points they were ranked in the top 10, and some would list them as contenders for conference championships and New Year's Six Bowls. They are a blue blood, and they have to act like it. And acting like a blue blood right now in the NIL era is you you get these players. You lock them down. The question is, what will they do? Will they dive in? Will they throw, you know, promises, not empty promises, because that's wrong, but will they compensate them monetarily? Will they fit them in to the scheme, to the roster? And will they will they show that they're Nebraska, that they're different, that there's something special to this place? What will Rule and the staff do? Comment your thoughts on that down below. And thank you for watching this video. Thanks to Crash2488 for being a Heisman patron in the month of December, for Spencer Bringhurst for being an All-American patron in the month of December, and thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being all-conference patrons in the month of December. Thank you so much for watching this video, and have a great day, guys. I'll see you all around. Bye-bye.